Hey yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown, here to optimize your workflow. That service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech talk OGs, we're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what's success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky. Optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, after a short hiatus, CJ and the Duke is back. Corey, why don't you tell them why we had a little pause? Because this is good news. Uh, yeah, no doubt, Duke. I was a tad bit busy over the last couple of weeks, especially in the last month, running a campaign for election to city council. And I am proud to say that I won. Not only did I win, but it's, it's a pick three race, right? So it's a uh -huh. large sort of situation. You get to vote for three people. And I got the most votes out of everyone. So you're the emperor of Oak Park now. I am. I am. And <laughs> so basically, right, like a trustee is like a city council member in a larger city, right? And we do all those things. It's, it's more, much more of a um, policy level kind of government versus like administrative, right? So we're not directly hiring people who are mm -hmm. doing the work we're dictating policy and then we have an employee who then takes our will and goes and executes it awesome man i'm so proud of you thank you sir well i tell you what in our last episode of cj and the duke we actually took a look at what it would be like to run a campaign in service now so if you didn't listen to that episode we will have a link in the description below that is our podcast motto everybody has to take a drink now <laughs> <laughs> all right Corey, what are we talking about today Today, we're talking about community, Duke. And we have brought a very special guest, someone I have worked with over years from across the aisle, Mr. Dan Brune of ServiceNow. Dan, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. It's going to be tough to uh, top a, an elected official, a newly elected official, so hopefully we can make <laughs> it fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing serious. You just have to do whatever he says, and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or I'll send the cops your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, why don't, you, why don't you give yourself a short uh, intro to the audience? Sure, absolutely. I've been working with community for over 20 years now. I started my career during the dot-com bubble and the company that I worked for, we actually built a community product as well as managed communities. And Cisco Systems was my client. I actually built their first community, their support community at Cisco, which is now still the most active community that they have. 
Nice. Four years, about eight years ago, I came over to ServiceNow and been there ever since. It's been a, a wonderful experience. I was going to say that's, that is what I often hear from ServiceNow employees. That is, it has been an amazing experience to work there. Absolutely. I mean, it's been, I guess, as they like to say, it's, it's been a rocket ship. So this in particular being here for eight years have gone through all the trials and tribulations with a hypergrowth company. So Dan, Duke and I have been around for quite a while on community and tell me what we're seeing with community now that we didn't have way back when in a day, right? Like obviously what we're looking at with community now, the community has changed from the perspective of we've had more people join the ServiceNow ecosystem. So tell me how what they're able to get out of community is different than what maybe Duke and I would have gotten out of it when we started, say, like 10 years ago. Sure, absolutely. So when I first came on to ServiceNow eight years ago, there was a community in place. Of course, it was a team of one and was a lot of the, the brass tacks of communities, right? Discussion forums and articles and blogs. So the real intent was to bring it sort of to that next level. And that would include looking at expert programs, looking at events, right? Looking at making it a, a holistic community where there's a, a sense of belonging, right? So people would typically go there for questions and answers. And now it's grown into so much more than that. So from the perspective of where it's been and where it's now, the team is much larger now. So we can cover a lot more ground and have a, a much more of a wake of approach, which is important with community. So it sounds like you're, you've made it now into this place where you hope folks will hang out a little bit more rather than just popping in to find a quick answer and then leaving. Absolutely. So yeah, so now it's more of a destination. When I look at communities, there's a number of things to think about when you, know, you want to build a successful community. Uh, most importantly, it's starting by looking through the lens of the customer because there has to be clear intent for them. There needs to be critical mass because if you don't have enough people to support a community, then it's simply not going to be successful. And another big aspect of it is giving the users ownership of the community. I like to see ourselves as the enablers, but we're here to provide our customers, our partners, our enthusiasts, anyone interested in community, the tools and the foundation that they need to help them make themselves more successful with ServiceNow, both as an individual, as well as a company. You know, you do, you do absolutely need expert programs. On community, there's traditionally your passive users, your dabblers, your enthusiasts, and your experts, right? So the vast majority of users are going to be passive, which typically makes up 75%. You have your dabblers who come to the community and potentially take a, a few actions and marketing something is helpful. And that tends to be about 15% of users. Your enthusiasts are, you know, a little more active. They're interested in badges and some of the artifacts that come along with community. And that'll make up 9% of your users. And then your experts, they are the ones that really are the lifeline of community. And they make up typically 1% of your user base. And the experts are, frankly, most important because those are the ones that come with the knowledge and have the ability to answer and help others that are sort of on that ServiceNow journey. So... A key aspect of that is to build a recognition program that is tailored to your experts, but also one that takes the entire user journey through 
and encourages them to go along. So taking your dabblers to enthusiasts, to experts. So there has to be a little something for everyone, but it has to be meaningful. So that's where the whole what's in it for me comes into play because there has to be something in it for our end users, for them to really want to participate on a regular basis. And the biggest thing is allowing our users to build a personal brand on, on the community, right? So our recognition system is based around your peers rating the technical merit of your content on community. So when somebody goes, looks at your community profile or knows you're an MVP or a rising star, right? They know that was earned based off of your knowledge and you being able to solve real world problems with ServiceNow. And it has to be very clear cut so that way there is no sort of diluting the value of the program by allowing points to be earned other ways. For the new community, how are points earned? There's a lot of people who, yeah. uh, who want to give back now or coming up and they want to make a name for themselves. Like what Absolutely. are the different ways to get on the community? Absolutely. So it's something that is actually a work in progress. The platform that we briefly migrated to, the points aren't as visible as we'd like. Uh, points are weighted. So for your activities that take a much more significant amount of time, like your blogs, like your articles, those are valued much higher than answering questions correctly or, you know, getting things marked as helpful. So there are various values associated with them because like I said, creating an article and creating a blog is much more complex and has a much farther reach than simply answering a question. I mean, they're all important, right? But their values are in fact different on community. So it sounds like to me, like it's a, an admission or a, an acknowledgement that different types of activities bring different levels of value to the community. And while we need all of them, we also want to encourage some of those that take a little bit more time and effort because those are um, things that tend to um, provide a different level of value to folks. Absolutely. So, I mean, typically what you'll see is you'll see for the people that can, that create excellent blogs and excellent articles, they're, you know, almost at a next level because they're a lot deeper with answering a question correctly. You can look at a, a very singular, I guess, view of the problem and solve it. Typically with a well-written article or a blog, it's much more complex than that. You know, you're looking at a much bigger picture, you know, and then the case of an article, it, it tends to be sort of a, of a how-to. So it's much more complex and, you know, it, it drives, I guess, a much broader value to the community because your blog or article is relevant to a much wider audience than a, a question slash answer, right? So a question slash answer certainly reaches more than just the individual that had that question, but a blog or an article just has a much, a much wider audience reach. Yeah. I'll tell you what, too, what I get often from blogs and articles and and uh, we're actually uh, my co-host here, too, because he's an, uh, a rather epic content producer, right? Like it inspires me to want to produce my own content. Like so when I watch the Duke's YouTube videos or I go to community and read someone's like great how to article or just blog post on something that's really cool and interesting. Right. It, it inspires me to one, want to go and tinker around with the system more. Right. And two, it also inspires me to do something similar and give back. Right. Which is 
you know, a lot of the reason that I'm here talking to you today on this podcast, right? Like, you know, is that inspiration that I got from the folks who came before me, put that content out there for me to consume and then feeling like I, I should be paying it for it as well. Uh, so I do like that the community does prioritize and focus on those things because I think that's how you continue to build and keep a community vibrant. I got to say too, if I was wondering about if I wanted to get into blogging or if I wanted to get into content creation at all, I would probably start with the ServiceNow community. And I don't know. I'd, I don't have to worry about like, what service do I sign up for? Do I need my yes. own website and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, no, you know, just go and start putting your knowledge on the community. And you don't have to be like rocket scientist level either because everybody's always coming there to search for even the simplest stuff. So you can basically roll off just learning something, write a blog article about ways you understand it and see if it's helpful. Man, like one of my most popular articles on community by a long shot. It's first by a long shot. I was tinkering around with ACLs one day Ooh. and I was, I was like, oh, if I just have an incognito browser, I could be like two different people and see yep. it on different screens. And one could be the admin who looks at the ACL log output in real time. And yep. then the other person is just doing their thing. Right. And to me, it was like, oh, that's a neat discovery. And I could have held it to myself. And I had no idea other people would be interested in it too. But I posted to communities like, you know, tens of thousands of views later. You know, then I put it on my website. I made a video out of it years later. Right. And it's one of my highest performing videos too. You just never know. So community is a great place to experiment with content. Absolutely. I mean, and what we see is that this is where people come to start their journey with service now, right? It's something you can go to and start off by being a passive user, right? And then eventually, you know, turn into that dabbler, turn into that enthusiast. And then turn to that expert. So you build your confidence as you go along. And, you know, eventually you work yourself up to, you know, you become that expert. You come there initially to learn, and then you work your way into becoming that expert and helping others. And one thing I do have to say that is the most, one of the most amazing things I've learned at ServiceNow is that the people that use ServiceNow, they're rabid. I mean, the individuals are so engaged and they love ServiceNow so much. You know, I came from Cisco where there just wasn't that, wasn't that sense. Uh, the people that use ServiceNow absolutely love it. They love the product. They want to learn as much as they can. And they also want to help others. And that's been really refreshing is to see that level of engagement and interest and in learning about the power of the platform but then also taking in and elevating to that next level of wanting to help others learn the power of the platform. And really that's what we're here for in community is to give you that sense of belonging. But then beyond that, give you that sense of accomplishment. I always love to talk about people like yourselves have no idea how many people they, you guys touch when you write a single blog or you answer a single question, you're helping thousands of people not just the individual that wrote that question. So it's an amazing thing. And, you know, and our top contributors should really feel accomplished for, for what they've done. And we're extremely grateful at ServiceNow. That, that's a really good point, Dan. I mean, so you, you mentioned like, like top contributors don't necessarily know how many folks they're touching when they do something that might consider it simple to them, right? Like as small, a short post or whatever, right? Like just whatever that, that, that level of engagement does ServiceNow have an understanding of the number of people that are that the experts, right? Is that you, as you qualified it earlier in the podcast, that 1%, 
did the service now have an understanding of how many people we're touching? Sure, absolutely. If you really think about it, the community is one of the most active, if not the most active site on ServiceNow, and we'll do you know over forty million page views a year. We have over four hundred and fifty thousand registered users. We do well north of four hundred thousand uniquely monthly users. So that just gives you a a sense of the scale and the reach of community. So it's helping so many others, but beyond that, it's also an opportunity to network and to find like-minded people. So it's not necessarily just intended for an online presence. It gives you the ability to find people that have similar interests and build that relationship with those individuals. I know so many, you know, probably including you, Robert, you know, they, they go to knowledge and people will go up to the MVPs and because they recognize them, right? And, and ask for pictures. And it's such a, a great thing to see when people recognize one another and they're networking and they're thanking each other for all that they bring to community. Dan, what's been the hardest thing that you've had to do for ServiceNow Community? Okay. So the hardest thing that I've had to work with at ServiceNow Community is the pace of which our product offerings expand. So the wonderful thing about ServiceNow is that you can build anything out of it. It is fast and furious. And when it comes to community, when things are growing that rapidly, there are challenges associated with it. We, you know, it's you can simply spin up new forums and new communities, but if things are being merged, if things are being deprecated, there's a lot of downstream effects to that, uh, mm -hmm. whether that's through gamification, whether that's through leaderboards, whether that's through the content itself, it makes it challenging. So I would say that has absolutely been sort of the hardest part is to sort of keeping up with that pace, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a hard it, thing, right? It makes it, it make the challenging, and, and, and frankly, it also makes it challenging from the taxonomy perspective. A big part of community, at least I feel, is building a taxonomy that our user base understands, one that they can identify with. And growing and expanding your product offerings so quickly and yeah. making changes so often, it makes it difficult. Yeah, you guys got to make whole new menus every release, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I, I feel a, I feel a category tree like rant coming out. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> oh man, oh man, I, I love that. Uh, that was it. A pen you used to wear, like it says, "Don't ask me or ask me about categories." Uh, every knowledge. <laughs> no, it was, it was awesome. And this is way off topic, but you ever see a day where, like, through the power of search or AI, we just don't need category trees anymore. We just kind of have an easily navigatable web of related topics in a perfect world absolutely to be totally honest with you the vast majority of our traffic comes in through google navigations are certainly useful but people tend to come in through search engines and ideally through ai there would be no need for taxonomy but i'm not going to hold my breath that's going to be in my career lifetime well what would be something like either a killer feature or just the way people are that you would change if you could? Wow, that's a good question. I would say a killer feature would for us to be much more proactive than reactive on community. It seems as if a, everyone should be able to do something like this, but it's not that easy, 
right? Because when you come to communities, just in general, not even necessarily service now, just in general, you typically have to search and, and dig in, and there's effort involved with trying to find what your answer is or what you're trying to learn about. And if we could be, or communities in general could be much smarter and know your intent or an idea of what your intent is before you come and serve up better content that's related to your intent, it would make a much better user experience for our end user and, and help service now. Holy smokes. We got to send this to somebody on the docs team. <laughs> we should just take a quick tangent here, Dan, but Corey, you ever like, like trying to do searches on docs and it gets you like the right words, but it's on some completely other end of the platform that yeah. has kind of the same name. And you're just like, can't I just check a box on my profile that says I'm interested in ITBM and platform and performance analytics force rank those above yeah. the HR stuff, the CSM stuff, right? So it's like almost allow me to fine tune my search results based off of my preferences rather than just say, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that would be so sweet, especially for docs. Oh my God. So can I tell you a secret, right? You could do that in a service now, <laughs> right? Like remember the service grouping, the, what was it called? So the search customization allowed you to select what tables would return results and allowed you to have those default groupings and all of that, right? Like, so I would love to see this sort of thing, just what you said, like take that and apply it to docs so that, you know, I could have like my preferred list of things that return and then, uh, and then, you know, I have all the rest, right? Like we don't think you were looking for this stuff, but this also might be something that you want to see. Oh, see, now I got to go back and play with search. <laughs> or I mean, or I mean, or ideally, right? We know what products you you use, you own, and then what products you're so interested interested in. So whether it's based off of where you land on a page, or based off what content you're writing about on community, based off of what forums you're visiting, what questions you ask, building up that that database of information about you to serve the appropriate content, right? So. If you're asking questions about, let's say, learning about, about a product and a different product can, can do what you're trying to do, serving up content that's related to that, right? So just having a better sense of what you've done in the past to help provide information for the future versus just blanketly saying in serving up results. So there's a, a, there's a lot that can be done. From that perspective, I think it's just going to take some time. I wonder if there's a case for like more curation features. I'm an expert and I've found lots of different articles that I love about ITBM. And then someone could hit my profile and it's like Robert's ITBM playlist, big air quotes, because I know it's a YouTube thing. But Absolutely. within in my playlist, it would be like, here's here's two links from Mike uh, Skodow. Here's two links from uh, Mark Ruthoff. Here's two links from Corey. And here's three links from me. And it's like you read all that stuff together and now you're basically a beginner ITBM person. Sure. And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, th and there's some things that we can even do that's more of a manual effort, right? But there is the ability to create an article that has sort of your, your favorites, just a laundry list of, if you're starting ITBM, here's five resources, whether it's on community or not on community, uh -huh. that are my favorite that you should look at. So it's, it's more of a manual effort, but there's still ways to accomplish that, I guess I would say. Yeah. The great thing about this, right, is that if you're one of those one percenters, right, like one of those who create a lot of content like Mark, 
right? Like then you do this stuff for people, you know, already. Like there's he has a post that he maintains and has like 250 plus articles, blogs, videos, podcasts, etc. Right, like for all, all the content that he's created, and it is amazing. Oh my god, I got a bookmark, and I go here all the time because he knows all the hidden tricks and tips about virtual agent, which I'm dealing with often. Right, so I, I think it would be really amazing if there was a way, just some sort of template or some sort of, uh, you know, when you go and hit the new button, it's like, do you want to build like a curated list of links or something? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you kind of pop that in there, like you know, that might be something that I I could see getting some some significant traction. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Well, you've been there since the beginning of tech communities, <laughs> and there there must have been some pretty shocking changes in that time. If you could guess, what do you think's on the road for communities, not just ServiceNow, but in general? In general, what's the future of communities? Probably the virtual world and the real world becoming more intertwined. I think traditionally people have looked at communities from the perspective of back in the day, BBS boards, right? And yeah. uh, those were very, for lack of a better word, black and white, right? I mean, it's literally just typing on a screen, right? And, and it's yeah. evolved to more than that, to where it's online events and networking. And I think it's going to come more of, again, that real world matching coming together with the, the virtual world. So more sort of interactions, you know, whether it be through virtual reality or whether it be through physical events, it's going to get closer. I think the, the connections amongst the individuals are going to get tighter and tighter from where they are today. That sounds amazing to me. I'll tell you, um, one of the things that I have a heightened appreciation for after the pandemic is in-person connections, right? I'm a digital native. I grew up in the in the era of starting with the BBSs and going all the way through to where we are now. And I've always been at home on the computer, but being forced to be <laughs> in the house and on a computer versus having that option really does change it a little bit, I think. And I would love to see community, online community evolve to the point where it's not only just the online, but also encouraging the physical. I actually have a, yeah. a buddy who's building a platform and is trying to do just that right now. So I really like, I mean, I yeah. really like that. I mean, yeah, just think about it. And some people may find this a little over the top, but you know, what if there was the ability on the app to say, I'm around here and oh gosh, I see there's, you know, 15 other community members that are right around the area and yeah. let's connect or let's meet up for coffee and, and talk shop. Taking that online presence and bringing it to a physical presence and sort of in a, almost in a moment of time presence too. It doesn't have to be something that is set up in months in advance. It may just be that you're, you know, you're on a business trip and you know, you find out there's some folks in the area and you connect. This is tender for conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's technology tender for conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it, right? I love the idea that you can be a member of an online community and then kind of have these spontaneous meetups based on like yeah. people who are in that same community and you guys happen to be in physical proximity to each other. And I think virtual, virtual reality will eventually also play a role obviously not there right now but i think that will be a big part of community in the future you can go to the community water cooler literally versus having to go to a forum we can actually have a water cooler that everyone's sitting around and you can you can talk yeah i think that's pretty cool as well i would love to have it all fully integrated so i could just like 
dump my Zoom information into my ServiceNow community profile and see people who are online but active in that same thread, blur the lines between like a thread and a chat a little bit. Uh, and then just like press a button it's like no here let's settle this let's go and get it done yeah yeah right like automatic we're almost in a breakout room right yeah exactly yeah Yeah, like like, all the tech has just been lying around for years right (laughs) it's shit but i do think it's just that that natural evolution of seeing all of these technologies be implemented and doing like single purpose tasks and then combining them in ways that make sense so that people get a lot more value out of them together absolutely it's come so far for when I've started working on communities already. And we have a, we have a lot of really cool and innovative things in the pipeline and it'll come. We'll knock your socks off. Wait, 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 wait. You can't uh, allude to the pipeline and talk about <laughs> cool and innovative <laughs> without dropping us a nugget. Give us something. <laughs> well, uh, give you something. I think a lot of it are some of the things that we've been talking about at a first pass, right? So more of areas on community that could connect with people that are very similar to yourself, because right now it's still a little it's disjointed, right? The intent will be there to bring people, like-minded people together in a place for them to, to collaborate. I'll take it. So Dan, one last question. Communities will self-manifest where the demand is, right? That's why we have the ServiceNow community, I think, formed around itself. And then we've got the ServiceNow developer Discord, link in the description below. We've got the SM Dev Slack channel, also link in the description below. We've got probably a good amount of Reddit communities. Like there's probably sub-communities popping up all over the place. What would you say is the key advantage of the ServiceNow community, official one? I mean, you're always going to have offshoots and some of them have clear purpose, right? Potentially offering that we can't or aren't currently giving. But one of the key advantages is that we're, we're on top of it. We're, we're watching it, right? We're capturing feedback from the community, from things that you are very overt and from things that aren't so overt that you're seeing, you know, learnings from content that's being created on the community itself, as well as the expertise, having a system, a ranking system built around to where, you know, you can identify and be more confident in users answers based off of that events, learning from ServiceNow experts and, and folks like yourself, Robert and Steve Bell and I, everyone else that does live events. So there is that uniqueness where it's something that we're watching, we're paying attention of. And what we build is based around your needs. So, you know, a lot of these, these offshoots, right, you're working within the confines of whatever that technology is, and you kind of have no say for what it does, whether it be, you know, Discord or Slack, it sort of is what it is. Whereas on community, if there's a really great idea, we'll build it and we'll integrate that into the community. There is also the sense of, of we offer evolution you know, to the product based off of your needs. At the point I hadn't considered, I usually think of it in terms of day to day. I participate in all of them. And so I feel SN Dev Slack has a certain speed and immediacy. Like if I have a short question that I know could be answered in like one or two or it's a yes, no, or something, like I go to SN Devs because it used to be like really snappy, you can watch it happen, but it's often too fast 
and not conducive to long form content. I love ServiceNow community because it lets me like, you know, I maybe have a deep philosophical question on, is this thing right in this circumstance? And then we can trade long form ideas, like some kind of like old school Greek forum, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we can argue the philosophy of it or, or I can give you a deep explanation. Like here's, here's the 10 lines of script, but also a hundred lines of explanation about why you do it that way. Mm. Plus it's searchable, right? I mean, Slack. Yes. It's there and that is gone eventually versus community content is, is yes. accessible. So Which is yeah. That, if somebody has that same question, you know, hopefully you'll be able to, you can reference it. Right. So, oh man. But speaking of searchable, that, like I still get likes come up on my feed about posts that are over five years old. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. it's like crazy. Like, is that actually still useful? Dang. It's useful good for the search engine. Yeah. You know, that's funny because I get those emails. I'll still pop up something like from an API question, like from five years ago. And it's like, yeah. what? Or still like liking this thing. And it's like, okay. But then I think about it. Right. And there's, there's been some times I've, some of this content is just evergreen, right? Like some parts of the platform don't change very rapidly. And so you make a post that happened to be very well received, you know, eight years ago. And it sticks around because it's still good eight years later, because that part of the platform is still working the same exact way. And it's still insanely useful to folks to know how to build it. Absolutely. There's certainly some content that has a long shelf life and then some that doesn't. And one of our goals and our drivers is to do a good job at hopefully identifying the content that does have the long shelf life and maintaining it. But we also have to do our due diligence in deprecating content and archiving things that aren't being used because it becomes more problematic to find content of value if we have the system bloated with content from eight years ago that doesn't make sense. Yeah, hear that. All right, we are at time. So Danny, last words for the community? I would say if you're not a member already, join. And if you are, we appreciate it. As well as if you ever have feedback about the community, good, the bad, the ugly, please reach out to us. We're always open to constructive criticism and positive feedback. And there's a lot of good things to come. Uh, how would they get in contact with you, by the way? They can either post the feedback forum or reach out to me directly if they like and my email dan.baroon at servicenow.com. All right, folks, we are at time. This is episode number 81. We still don't have an outro. Hey, yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown. Here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run-of-the-mill. Tech talk, go G's. We're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question. Who the realest be? Unapologetic. If we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust. Authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way. Only facts in the booth. You're now Tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Yeah. CJ and the Duke. What's that? Huh? Service now. Come on. Yeah. I said, welcome to the winner's circle. Yeah. Yeah.